Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Kathy's Wild Heart. Um, the title for this one tonight, I thought really hard about it, and I'm calling it Rise, Sister, Rise. And I know that there's a, a book and, you know, audio and stuff out there of, of a different Rise, Sister, Rise, but I thought it was extremely fitting for this particular episode and for this particular woman. Um, she's risen and she's continuing to rise and, and, and make herself and others very, very proud. So our guest tonight is Leona Angelia, and she's coming to us from Georgia. So we are doing this over the phone. Um, so if the sound is a little different tonight, that's why we're talking to each other um, over the phone, which is, I think, a pretty cool thing that we can do. So welcome. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share my story. I am too, because I think you've got a story that that needs to be heard, and I think it could probably help a lot of, not just young women, but young men out there as well. Um, I always find it really magical when I just happen up on someone or meet someone, and I feel a real instant connection. And, you know, I just look at them and I'm like, I know I can vibe with this person. And that was the feeling I got from you the very first time I met you. There was Absolutely. I can say the same. Yeah, there was just something uh, when I met you and, and we held our gaze for a few minutes or a few seconds, just for a few seconds. And I thought, she's a cool girl. I want I want to know her story. I want to know what's behind that, you know, and, and so... I think I've only met you personally maybe a few times at yoga classes, um, and that's it. And we've just kind of stayed connected over social media and just followed each other over the past few years now. So I've watched your story. I know a little bit about it, and and I really want us to kind of dig in there and then let people know how you have ri- you've risen. You know, you've risen above it. And I think that'll be... Um, inspiring so let's start where where did it start so go ahead give us just kind of dive in there as if you're trying to tell people how you got to where you are okay um well I guess a good starting point is um where we met that was about four and a half years ago now um when I moved to Alabama and I was roughly um eight months into recovery. Um, I, I left Florida and uh, a toxic environment that I was kind of thriving in there in a negative manner, of course. And um, I took my time in Alabama um, as like a, a new chapter, a, a cleansing beginning. Um, and thank goodness for um, your yoga classes and um Gayla, she's incredible. Yeah, um, she's a sweetheart. I just, <laughs> I just really, I felt welcomed um, in both places uh, between her and you, and it allowed me to explore this, this, um, this oneness, this consciousness that I never really gave myself the time to explore. Right. Because um, you know, growing up in Florida, friends, family environment um it was the first time I really kind of stepped out on my own was when I went to Alabama about four and a half years ago um 
what led up to all of that kind of just sprung on um, that I was in recovery. Um, when I was 13, I got my foot crushed by a truck and um, I got my first prescription of um, opioid um, painkillers. And uh, that quickly unraveled and um, developed into something much more. Um, and after, oh, let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, yeah. 21, um, after eight years of um, struggling that, that demon, as yeah. I like to call it, because that's pretty much what addiction is, right. um, I, I, packed up with my sister and my son and my nephew and her husband. And we were like, Hey, let's ditch this town and start fresh. Yeah. Um, so that's how we ended up in Alabama. Well, we're glad you were there. And, um, absolutely. It was, it was honestly a, a really pivotal, pivotal moment, um, in my life and, uh, not just in my recovery. Um, a lot of people, um, believe that like there's this, saying uh once an addict always an addict and i personally disagree um just because that was the old me and i've been reborn so many times in between that time frame that i almost don't even recognize who that person was i get Um, that so so much i get that that is um you know i just i relate to that so well you're sort of mimicking is something that I just said the other day or repeating something I said was, you know, I, I just had a birthday. It was a big one. And I said, it's crazy how time flies, but yet I feel like I've lived many lifetimes in 50 years, you know, because they're, they're just chapters, you know, they're, you, you do this thing and you, and, and hopefully you can leave it and, and do something else, you know? Absolutely. And um, even as a young girl, like, um, before, you know, that whole time frame with um, struggling with addiction, I was always, I was always rather mature. Um, my whole family considered me the old soul. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I always identified with my elders. You know, I just found so much peace in their knowledge. And I always aspired to be wise. Even right. young and wise, but I really wanted to be old and wise. Um, yeah. There's this little mantra I had when I was young, and now it—I guess it still makes sense. But I used to say, um, "Knowledge is power," and although people can still teach me things, I'd like to know it all for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I kind of just—I—I I was experimental, I was um, inquisitive, I was wild, I was free, I was, I was kind of always... Um, you were a little feral, a little bit. Yeah, exactly, feral, <laughs> that's, that's a good word for it, you know? It's, I think that's um, fascinating. Yeah, well, I think today, I mean, I get the idea of wanting to be a little wild. People today are a little too tamed, um, you know, they, they're not really... They don't explore, but that's also the thing that can get you in trouble, right? Like, you just want to try it all. You want to be wild and free and all that sort of stuff. So 
that can get you in trouble too. It's as good as it is, it can get you in trouble as well. <laughs> oh yes, I've I've had my fair share of trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah, it goes with I the territory, will. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like with all my my lives and my um, varying paths, I've been just about everywhere life could take me, and. Uh, I, I don't even say that lightly. <laughs> I've yeah. been in some strange places. <laughs> um, but it's great, though, because even amongst all the madness, um, the darkness, the craziness, I learned something along the way in every step. Yeah. Um, and that is truly, I, I believe that it's beautiful. Um, because they say you gain wisdom through experience. And boy, I have experienced a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Sometimes I, I, I look at, you know, we never know anyone's life, really. You know, you think you have a window into how people live or, you know, what their past might have been like, but nobody knows shit about anybody else, quite frankly. But I was thinking the other night about, you know, I have no regrets and how boring it must be for people who haven't had to go through some hard shit, you know? I mean... How, I agree. How boring could that be to just like, oh, everything's been great. I've sailed through life. I haven't had any problems. I've got the perfect husband, the perfect children. I've walked into the perfect job. I have the perfect house, the perfect car. And I'm just like, well, that's got to be boring. And and what do you um, look back on and how are you proud of yourself? You know, things like that. I'm like, so when it comes to struggle and overcoming it, I think it's a really cool thing. You know, I feel sorry for people who just have that charmed life. I'm like, well, how boring must that be? I mean, good for you, but I think we need to more embrace our, um, you know, our journey, you know. I couldn't agree more. I actually feel like that's the dynamic I'm in. Like, I kind of grew up um, lower to middle class, you know, fairly poor. I never really, you know, had the brand new anything um, which is okay because it really made me appreciate everything that I did have. And so here I am, um, and we own our house, uh, we own our car, um, you know, I've got a degree, my boys are in school, and, like, I'm living that picturesque life. And sometimes I'm like, who's the imposter here? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, the madness? but you earned it. You earned, I mean, you worked, you worked through a lot to get there and you've taken care of yourself and got yourself there. So I've watched you, I've watched your life pivot from recovering drug addict to now a college student and you have a degree, right? And you're working toward your, your second, um, you're, you're soon to be married. Um, you're, you have, you're a mother of one and you're caring for another one of your family's children. So that's, that's huge. Um, and no, I I mean, that's huge. You know, it's not easy to take in someone else's child and treat it as your own. Right. Um, you know, luckily for me, it was actually fairly easy. Um, because oddly enough, when I was in my darker days and struggling, my son, um, was still very young. He was about six months old. And my sister took him in and cared for him um, while I went 
I had to go to jail for a little bit. I had to go to rehab for a little bit. Um, and it took me a while to get back on my feet and right. to be able to properly care for him. So it's almost like our roles have kind of reversed right now. Yeah. Um, and so when the opportunity came up that, um, you know, she needed some help uh, with Ada and I was, I was so I was honestly honored um, to be in this position to be able to care for him and provide for him right. in the manner that she did for me. You know, that's kind of just what family does. Yeah, that's and it, that's that's very sweet. And, and my thoughts are with her. I hope she's doing really well. But you, you know, you're doing that, and you're also. And we were talking about this earlier. To me, you're a bit of an artist. Um, it, when you do things, it has a certain. Um, flavor to it. So I follow you on Instagram and I kind of got really um, attached to your your Instagram account because it was always very pretty. It was, well, it was poetic and it was edgy and there was something a little bit provocative about it that caught your attention. And I thought, you know, that's, she's really cool with this. And the photography was always really cool and the editing you did on it and things like that. And then I watched you um, start your little business, and I was I was really fascinated. I thought, okay, now now she's hitting on something that that's unique and that's really different. So so tell us a little bit about your business. So uh, my business is called Remnants Reincarnated, and. Uh, I'd like to say the name is a little self-explanatory, but um, I take nature and I make art out of it. Uh, I recently found out through my grandfather that we are actually descendants of the Iroquois nation. Okay. Um, so we have some Native American blood in us. And honestly, when I learned that, um, like my whole life started to make sense. Yeah. Uh, because... I, my connection with nature is almost greater than just a simple connection. I would say I was bound to it. I was, I was called to it. I believe um, you are. I, I always, see that in you for sure. Yeah, I was always, um, you know, my best meditations happen in nature. Um, whenever I'm stressed out, I need nearest body of water or a patch of wood and it's just kind of re-centered and round and um, I can get my focus and my grasp on, on life and my thoughts again. Yeah. So, uh, so I take nature and a lot of my um, pieces are uh, naturally sourced, ethically sourced, uh, bones, feathers, sticks, um, plaques of wood. And I, I like to recreate almost how I find these items. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to do it in a sense where I, where I honor and accentuate what I find. Yeah, it's, it's so, really pretty. Um, it's very, the look of everything that you do and the way you present it, it's very organic and it has a natural witchy appeal to it, um, which I think is super cool. You know, it's this, um, you know, when I say natural, which I mean like a, a guardian of the wood type of woman that is out there and knows how to be among nature, you know. So, 
you have this way of having that sort of vibe, this sort of organic, organic, um, nature loving, you know, vibe, which is really, really cool. And it comes out in the pot, the product that you put out. So I think it's, it's really, really magical the way you do it. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, can you tell them real fast and we'll mark this too, or I'll put it in the uh, description. How can they find your, your business? How can they look at your wares? So I'm on, uh, both Facebook and Instagram under remnants, R E M N A N T S remnants reincarnated. Um, I, I kind of, have been trying to step away from social media so I'm not really pushy on marketing lately yeah um I really prefer to do custom orders um and I like to bring people's ideas to life I do offer just regular bone goods I also really like to support and supply other artists um with bones or natural um elements or artifacts that they could use and make art with too yeah. Um, cause I, I, yeah, I always like to share. Um, I, I don't like keeping things for myself or, or being exclusive or like saying, Oh no, this is, this is my turf or my niche. Um, stay away. I'd rather just share it. Um, I've got like a hall of bones here and I'm just right. like, everyone calls me, um, <laughs> out here. They call me the carcass queen and yeah. the bone lady. The bone lady. I like the bone lady. That's pretty cool. I like it too. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, do I you just kind of go out in the woods like like people would forage for mushrooms? Do you just forage for bones and things, bones and skeletons and stuff? Yeah. Pretty much, there's that, and then I'm not opposed to the occasional roadkill, um, depending on how. <laughs> Earth, yeah. depending on how Earth has done its job. Um, I typically like to leave things to process naturally because even the bugs and the flies and the buzzards, you know, they serve their purpose. Sure. And, um, I like things to go as naturally as possible. Yeah. Um, we do we do hunt and harvest um, a few animals ourselves, uh, but we do it ethically and um, only on it as needed basis, we don't sport hunt. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever we do harvest an animal, um, I save those bones, of course, and I bury them and I honor the animal's spirit. And when it's done processing, I'll dig it up and I'll make something beautiful of it. And okay. it kind of, uh, it makes me feel better about the whole process. Well, that's that American Indian in you, you know. That's how they do that too. So that's pretty cool that 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 comes out in you. That whole ceremony behind it—that's neat. Yeah, absolutely. And and we don't waste anything. We make bone broth. Um, we tan the hides. The cuts of meat we can't use. We either make um, jerky with or dog food with. And right. Then, um, you know, we even use the organs, and it's just really. I guess you said it, it's ceremonial, um, and it's, there's this, like, primal instinct that I have that, I don't know, I just feel so connected to this process and to this animal. Is this um, something that, that came about once you kind of settled down, or did you always have this fascination with 
nature and and being outside because you know i know when you're struggling with things a lot of times you're just out of your element right um so there was i would say in like the prime of my addiction i was disconnected but like all through my childhood we kind of lived um in more rural areas than urban and i would always just find the closest patch of woods or a mud hole or a spring. Um, yeah. Natural springs were like, excuse me, I just got the hiccups. Um, natural springs were a huge part of my life um, for a long time and they still are. I, uh, it's like life mm-hmm. coming from the heart of the earth. Um, yeah. And there's just really nothing more pure than a spring. Um, I've seen some so cool pictures say, of you in the springs. Yeah. I mean, Florida's full of them, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. They're everywhere. Um, and that's really where I feel alive most is near bodies of water. Yeah. Um, preferably springs and oceans, but lakes and rivers are just the same. Um, and the only time I was disconnected, I would say, is in the peak of that that hard time for me. Yeah. Um, but even then, when I needed some some reality, uh, I would hit something I know is is known to snap me out of it pretty much. Right. So at what what point, you know, for those people out there listening who may have a, a loved one struggling with addiction. It, what point was it that you said enough, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to let this go. I ha- I can't do this anymore. What, what was it that triggered that for you? If you remember. Oh, it's, it's pretty vivid. Um, I would say after 12 years, um, since I started so young, um, I had, I had literally done every substance in every manner in every facet, in every environment, and it was, it became a job. I was, I was exhausted. Um, you know, there came a point um, where the first, I would say, eight years, everyone was fooled, but then there came a time where there was no hiding it, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially, I just became sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah. and uh, I don't know I felt I felt empty you know even if I had a, a pocket full of money and a nice place to stay and, right. and all of the the substances I could dream of there was still something in me that, that was missing I, I was empty yeah. and I was using to, to fill that void so, um, finally I just, I looked around and I just, I just kind of reached my breaking point. I kind of stopped and I'm like, I'm done. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've done, I've done it all. Um, I actually, um, uh, overdosed and, um, almost crossed over, uh, six times, uh, before I even reached that point. And, wow. And I'm, I'm just blessed because I know there's a lot of people who are not that fortunate. And and I pray for them and their souls and their families. And uh, there's just something in me that told me 
that this is not your life and and this is not how you're going out and you're made for bigger and better things and and I finally um, got tired of being scared of, of the unknown and of my potential because right. uh, that's really what it was. Um, I, uh, I had some childhood trauma and I kind of just shut down and I'm like, oh, I'm destined for nothing. Right. Even though I had, I had the world in the palm of my hand. Um, and I kind of just had to accept that and embrace it and, uh, not run away from it because most of my using was, was me running from the real problems. Right. Yeah. But it's tough work, you know, that, and I think that's the, the thing that a lot, why a lot of people don't succeed. It's, you know, to, to work on not being an addict any longer means you have to work and it's probably the hardest work you'll ever do in your life. I would think I, I've, I'm not an, you know, I've, I'm privileged in the fact that I've never really had a true addiction to anything. I mean, I'm pretty good at even like coffee or whatever it is. I'll be like, ah, I'm done, you know, or I, I don't, I don't want this, you know, or whatever. But, um, I, That's I, great. you know, my, my mom's like that. My, my partner's like that. Um, I do have a little genetic disposition. Um, my biological father um, uh-huh. was an addict and, and he actually still is. Um, at the age of 57 Um, and I never like um, definitions you know I'm like this this doesn't define me and and that's kind of why I like to mention earlier that um, some people like to say one's an addict always an addict yeah I don't believe that either yeah yeah, I I don't agree with Um, because I definitely as much as I love that girl I'm not her, and I don't think I'll ever be her again. No, I don't think and, you um, could be. I mean, once you've <laughs> once you've evolved, really evolved out of something, you you don't go back. You know, that's um, the greatest word for it: evolution. I'd say. Yeah, I think you've 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 done that. It's like looking back at at what you once were, and and you know that's no longer who you are. So, but I know I did have. Someone very dear to me tell me that I couldn't possibly understand what it's like to be an addict if you haven't been one. And uh, there's, I, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that statement because if you, it's just like anything else, you know, you can't be in someone's shoes, but that's a very um, big thing to overcome. Very big thing to overcome. Absolutely. A lot you know, of work. Um, yeah, I would say addiction is almost equivalent to um, a lot of other ailments, but I I almost would like to say it's worse. Yeah, um, it's only worse because it gives you the element of escape. It gives you the element of safety, but really, all it does is just turn off those receptors of reality. Right, um, and to me, I, it's kind of comparable to like codependency you know I have a couple people in my life who who are very codependent and I see some of their actions and their behaviors and their mannerisms and I'm like man this is oddly ironic you know like you're kind of doing the same thing I did except it's with a person and, and not with a substance right um but for all the struggling addicts um 
I would definitely say uh, find your local NA group, you know, even if you're not religious, because um, uh, that program does um, kind of give mention and um, identification to God or a higher power. Right. Uh, the first year, the first year of my recovery, um, if it weren't for those groups, I may not have made it out. Um, it was nice for me to be surrounded by people who shared my struggle yeah. and who could identify with where I had been. Um, and even though, you know, um, my higher power was more spiritual than religious, um, those certain details I just kind of kept to myself and, and I used the program for the tools that it offered. Right. Um, and it was great. And then I reached a point where I didn't feel like I, I needed them to right. an extent, you know? Um, I, it was a stepping stone for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, it's like crutches when you break a bone. You don't use them forever. Right. Um, but if you're looking for a start, it's a great start, especially when you don't know where to go. Um, your local group is definitely going to point you in the direct, in the right direction. And uh, it'll yeah. definitely do more good than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, seek help. You know, that's the number one thing. Seek help. You, you don't have to do yeah, it don't on to, your own. Exactly. You don't have to do it on your own. And there's a lot of resources. And, you know, addiction is known as a disease. And I know there's a lot of speculation on that. And um, I only like to think of it, whereas, you know, obesity is a disease, right. but it can be self-inflicted, you right. know, and right. um, it pretty much depends on the person. Uh, in my true opinion, I believe addiction stems from, you know, trauma or a lack of right. uh, mental health right. uh, I agree. awareness or attention. I agree. You know? I mean, I... I've seen people struggle that I, I believe they're just looking to escape something. Um, that's it. You know, they're just looking to escape whatever it is that's haunting them. And, and if it helps, then it's worth it, you know, because it's easier for them at that moment than to maybe deal with the real world or what, or what they need to sort through. And when you have a group like that to help support you, they understand one and, and you, you can escape the addiction. Think of the addiction as something to escape from, you know, because it, it, it then becomes, it no longer becomes an escape. It, it becomes an anchor. You know, it, you're never going to go anywhere. You know, it could cost you everything. So I think then you have to shift, shift that focus on, I'm going to escape this addiction now, you know? So. Oh, yes. I, I ran away and I never looked back. Uh, I'm so fortunate. And now, you know, I look back and I, I almost don't recognize that girl I was. And, and then I do. And I, I have a lot of friends. Um, unfortunately, just this year, I've lost seven individuals um, to overdoses. Mm. Uh, rest, rest in peace to them all. Um, yeah. And they all were beautiful pe people, beautiful souls. They had all the potential in the world, but their pain and sorrows outweighed yeah. 
yeah. you know, their desire to to heal themselves. And uh, yeah. and it's a tough it's a tough road. But with that being said, um, I feel like, and my grandma even told me years and years ago, I think I was maybe 15, she said, you know what? She said, your story is so hard right now, but it's going to help people and it's going to save right. people somewhere along the line. And I never really believed her until recently, right. um, until I started sharing my thoughts and my poetry and my photography and I've had people reach out to me, um, old high school people that I, I almost hardly even remember. And they're like, Hey, you know, thanks for being so nice to me. Like you saved my life. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Me? Isn't that cool? No. Yeah. And it really just makes me feel like everything I've experienced just really gave me, um, my purpose. And, yeah. and I was, living that purpose all along even though I didn't realize it yeah. and my struggle and my path it's still my purpose and I'm happy to, to share my experience and my knowledge um, well, you're rocking in it. any manner that I can yeah you're yeah, doing a, you're you. doing a great job I mean like I said I've watched you I guess it's about four years and, and that seems crazy that it was that long ago but it, it has been <laughs> and um, yeah and you, you know, I just, I, I think when that moment that you and I met and I said we looked at each other for a second, that I saw a lot of someone I love very dearly there. And I just hope that she can somehow find a way to get to where you are. And and I don't care if it's tiny baby steps for her to get there. But I, I I'm also a believer that the person has to want to be better, has to want to be better. You, this is something you can't force someone into. Um, if they want to, if they want to recover, they have to make that decision on their own and they have to get through it on their own. You know, that's, it, it's. That's the hardest part to be honest is, is letting them learn for themselves um, when enough is enough and, you know, learning their, their own breaking point. Uh, I, I know my mother's breaking point was, was much sooner than my own. Um, my poor mom, I love her so much. Uh, right. <laughs> but she's really been put through the ringer because of me. And, uh, and whoever this person is to you, um, you're welcome to maybe give them my name and just say like, hey, I, this person kind of reminds me of you. You know, yeah. if you if you need someone to talk to, you know, hit her up. Because, um I, I truly feel like it is, it's my duty to, you know, not force anybody, but to just share my experience with them. Yeah. Well, well, I think the beautiful thing I'm, that you might not even realize is, yes, you, you're, you know, people like you, you and people like you, yes, your story is an inspiration to people who are trying to overcome. But it's also an inspiration for parents and loved ones for someone, you know, and they're watching their child or someone they love go through this because it, it's, it's a, it's a survivor story. It's an, it's an overcoming and it gives, it gives us hope that, you know, my, my baby can do that too. You know, she can come out of that too and she can be whatever she wants to be, you know, and 
So, you know, it's not just the addicts or the, the people in recovery or whatever that, that people who share their stories and their, and their victories are helping. It's also the people that are having to watch what their, their children are going through. And, and that's a horrible place to be. It is such a shithole place to be in, to have to watch that. And, and you can't do anything. In my opinion, that's, it's the epitome of helplessness. And that's like one of the worst emotions to feel is to just feel stuck and, and frozen and, and not able to fix it no matter how badly you want. Well, you have to, um, as a parent, you have to harden your heart. And that's a very hard thing. You do. It's a hard thing to do. But if you don't, you're absorbed in it as much as they are. um, Because it takes over your life. It completely takes over your life. Suddenly, your whole life is about them and saving them. And and the truth, truth is, until they want to be saved... And, and they have to do that themselves, you know. Indeed. Um, my own mother, it was actually, a, I was like, they they quit getting me, you know, nice gifts, you know. Right, right. Um, things, things I could pawn for money. And one of my really memorable, pivotal points in my addiction was uh, was one time I, I called my sister, um, you know, just to like, check in like hang on the line and she said oh wow I was literally just about to buy a black dress for your funeral and mm. I was like whoa yeah. it's just it was like a gut punch and I'm right. like you have that little faith and she was like it's not about faith She's like I've had faith this whole time She's like it's about facts right now Right. And uh, it's, ter- it's terrifying. Well, it's, it is, and but there's also a point with the loved ones to where when you can, o- when your head and your thoughts only go to what they might be doing at that moment, where are they sleeping? What if they, what are they doing for money? Um, are they, right. o- are they ODing? Um, you know, are they going to die in a ditch? When you, when your mind goes through those things, there's a part of you that sa- that says, there are things worse than death. And if this is going to take my child or whoever, let it be so that they can have peace. So there's this, and that this is just a very raw thing that I'm sharing. There's the, there are moments when you are like, dear God, let my child have peace. You know, whatever that means, let's, pull, let's either pull her through it or, 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 or take her and hold her. Because with the thought, the torturous thoughts of what she, she, he, whoever might be going through, it's more than you can bear. Undoubtedly. And that was just so profound. Um, You almost brought me to tears just because it's so real and it's so true and it's so hard. And, you know, I almost, it's, it's equally as hard, um, for the individual struggling and the individuals watching them right. um, from the side, unable to do anything. And uh, I just. Addiction I is a family thing. It is. It, it affects it truly is. every. 
it, it's not just the addict, you know, and the, the work, the work ends up falling completely on them to, to break it for, for everyone involved. You know, they have for everyone involved, they have to free everyone of this, you know, and that's, Indeed, yes. that's, that's, that's heavy. That's really, really it is. heavy. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of pressure, um, but it, it's really good. Um, that you mentioned earlier that, you know, when you're in that familial space, um, that, that there comes a point where you have to step back, um, because whoever's struggling is already pretty much drowning in their own, you know, turmoil and emotion that, you know, projecting any sort of additional turmoil, um, could just bring them down even more. Uh, so it's really hard to navigate, you yeah. know, when you have a loved one who's struggling. And it's actually something that, that I'm experiencing right now. Um, and coming from where, where I've been, it's such, it's yeah. such a You're looking dynamic. at it. You're looking at it from a whole new angle, right? Yeah. I'm like, do I say something? Do I say nothing? Do I come on strong? Do I come on light? Um, and to be honest, I've probably, I've probably been more relaxed, um, lately, uh, just because I know how delicate that, that teetering effect has and, and just one long conversation can, can push you over the edge. Um, and then the other part of me is like, oh, you're being you're being too soft like right you, you gotta tell the truth you know you gotta you gotta say the hard things and um because this person is so close to me um I'm 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 putting their emotions before mine right. and uh I I personally I can't, I don't even know if it's the right thing right now but but I know that they're trying and uh and I know nothing happens overnight right and I know that um, the things that I worry about are out of my control. Yeah. So yeah. I but. pretty much, I'm not even really religious, but, you know, give it to God. You know, yeah. give it to the universe. And, yeah. and wherever the cards fall, they fall. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I've done. That's That's all I can do. And that's the only way I can have peace in my own life is just I've had to, to let it go and and let things much, much more powerful than I, you know, do, take the wheel and, and, and take over. And, and I just have to hope for the best and know that what happens, happens for the best and have faith in that. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I want you to be very proud of what you've done and, and how you've gone about it. Like I said, you've, you've risen out of, you know, it's sort of the phoenix, you know, you, you've risen out, you know, you've burned, you've crashed and, and you're, you're coming out of it and you're rising and you're doing great things and you're taking care of yourself yeah. and you're, you're getting an education and you're raising children and you're about to get married and you, you have a great artistic soul and you're an entrepreneur. There's just, there's so much there that has such quality and that needs to be, you know, you need that. You did it, girl. You know, rise, sister, rise, and and let other people know that it can be done. It can be done. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And and that's actually something I I tell myself and other people all the time. You know, if I could make it out, 
you can too. Yeah. Um, because I was, I, I was out there, you know, without going into too much detail because I have a lot of family and friends who are going to listen to this podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, I, they've made movies about the things that I've done, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not glamorous all the time. <laughs> right. No, but you know, but you're, you're just, but a- I'm glad. You're a cool girl. Thank you so much you. Uh, for hanging out with us. And if you don't mind, just hang on for a second after we we sound off. Um, but everybody, thank you f- so much again for tuning in. I hope this helps someone. And the, the bullet points I wanted to hit on with this particular podcast tonight is, you know, um, I, I, I do believe a lot of our problems in this world is we're just so disconnected from nature and we're just so into the world today and i think we need to rewild ourselves and get back out there and connect to nature and this is something that worked for liana and and i think it needs to um be something we put back in our day but if you need help with something if you're struggling with something out there the best thing you can do first of all is to seek help we're not meant to do all this type of thing on our own and there's people out there who really do love and care um, thank you for, for tuning in with us tonight, Leona. Thank you so much. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>